Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130. To Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991. To Boston, Bloomberg 1200. To San Francisco, Bloomberg 960. To the country, Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Surveillance. Good morning, I'm Karen Moscow, along with Tom Keene and Michael McKee, and the opening bell is brought to you by SEI. Have evolving investor and regulatory demands affected your investment firm's operational readiness? Imagine transforming your business with SEI's global platform at SCIC.com slash imagine. Stocks higher at the open, the S&P 500 up 7 tenths percent or 13 points to 1931. Dow Jones Industrial Average up 6 tenths percent or 95 points to 16,488. And the Nasdaq's up 1% or 44 points to 4548. 10-year Treasury down 330 seconds. The yield 1.75%. Yield on the two-year 0.76%. NYMEX crude oil up 6.2% or $1.84 to 3148 a barrel. COMEX gold down 1.8% or $22.20 to 1208.60 an ounce. The euro $1.1017. The yen 113.16. Tom and Mike. Karen, thanks so much. Let's cut to the chase, folks. Lisa Bramowitz with us with Bloomberg Gadfly. She's thought extraordinarily uh, in the last, oh, three, four, five days getting through the weekend on where we are in the bond market. I, I know your wonderful article on hedging or the lack of hedging in European bonds in the extremely sophisticated zero hedge article, which was done off Morgan Stanley, and I believe it was Deutsche Bank Research, on the CLO, the securitized market, as well. Let me cut to the general chase. What's the sweat factor out there now in fixed income? That we don't know what we don't know, and it's really bad. That's the sweat how factor. Do you, because how do you con- – I, I, I love what you just said. What do you mean by a general phrase like really bad? Well, so there's the general concern that central central bank policies that we really have not explored before, which is really the negative rate policies. I think everybody agrees with that. Uh, are going to create unintended consequences, whether you call it asset bubbles, whether you call it just unintended consequences. And we're seeing some of the effects of those – in the U.S. already as the credit cycle starts to turn. And arguably, you're seeing the, uh, as you see the bust of the energy uh, boom and the right. oil price boom, you're seeing the losses materialize in a meaningful way from all of the investors who bought the corporate debt of these energy Is the market, with all of your context, is the market operating right now in a relatively comfortable and normal fashion. If you have a piece and you need to go sell it, is there a bid there? It depends what it is, but most people who I talk to, particularly in more distressed debt, say absolutely not. And even though the Federal Reserve, the New York Federal Reserve, has come out and said Treasury uh, liquidity in the bond market is not that impaired, they've said that again and again, Tab Group came out with a report today where they said, we're not using the right tools to even gauge liquidity. And when I talk to traders, they right. say, we cannot sell what we Mike, want to sell. Mike, I don't have an opinion on this other than to say I am certain in the last four or five days this has become a new talking point, what Lisa just brilliantly conveyed. Well, it's been going on for a while, the concern about liquidity in the markets, I guess. Um, the big issue is that in March we get the resets from the banks and the energy industry and Nobody knows. I, and I don't know why nobody knows. People aren't counting up the loans or 
I mean, why is there so much uncertainty about this, do you uh, suppose? When you say the unknowns about whether banks will re-up the credit lines with well, these how many, stressed how many, energy how companies. How many loans are likely to be in distress at that point? And then, you know, you can try to guess whether or not they're going to be re-upped or not. But, uh, you know, how bad is it? Well I, well, I think U.S. banks have disclosed some information. There's a question about how complete that is or whether it's a, a fair evaluation of the potential stresses in these companies. I think underlying this is a tension where banks do not want to step away from companies in distress. This is their job to stick with them. Jamie Dimon has been very, very uh, vocal and outspoken, saying we're not going to abandon them. That is our job. We stayed by them during the crisis. They don't want to basically mess up themselves because they have a lot of money tied up with these companies. But that mm. is going to prolong the pain if these companies aren't going to survive. So that's another big question underlying the uh, redetermination cycle. Part of this is a tranche analysis. I'm not asking you to come up with wisdom here. But the last time we had the fun derby, the surprise was better quality tranches or pieces of slices of derivatives or breakups of bonds Better quality tranches were affected. That's somewhat in the big short uh, as well. Is the analysis now about the garbage out there in tranches, or is it as well about better quality paper? Well, the um, credit lines that the banks hold arguably are comparable to those top-tier tranches because they are first lien loans. This has to do with whether these companies are going to get so wiped out that their assets will be completely worthless. At that point, you'll see really big losses for these banks. Now, there's a question of whether that could happen, but with the shale companies, should this uh, low oil price environment persist for long enough, there could be pretty low recoveries, especially given some of the uh, financing that these companies have managed to sort mm-hmm. of uh, survive on. So this is a big question. I think in Europe there is a lot less certainty around how much well, exposure there is. Let's, and that's go, been- <laughs> let's go to your Bloomberg Gadfly article. <coughs> we have like, <coughs> excuse me, 10, 12, 15 of these articles a day. Lisa's usually the weakest. Um, but today she kills it. Good luck. Good luck She's trying to, to You can hit him. Good it's luck okay. trying to hedge against a European bond risk. This is a brilliant story led by buy-by yield, negative interest rates, non-correlations. Can anybody get any business done in Europe right now? <laughs> well, here's the issue is that people are being pushed into negative yielding debt and there's no way for them to hedge those bets. You can't short sell negative yielding mm-hmm. Government debt. You can't, you know, they're not, there isn't like an active options or there's no clear derivatives that actually are negative. So you got to go find an alternative. Well, there, it's just, it's a very lopsided market and it's a problem when you have such a high concentration, such a, you know, a flood in one direction, you're going to get potentially a very uh, messy exit mm. when everybody moves in the other direction. And, you know, it, there was some of that in the U.S., given uh, what the monetary policies over here were like. But in Europe, right. it's even more so. Right. So why do you buy it? <laughs> I mean, you know, why, well, do you, why, why do you play Russian roulette? Well, if central bankers are going to continue to buy this stuff, first of all, then you're going to potentially get a momentum trade where you can profit from prices going up and people buying. That I, I don't buy as much. There also are just mandates where, where certain fund managers have to buy yep. developed market sovereign yep. debt in Europe. Uh, one minute. What's the number one thing you're trying to observe this week? When you do, read your research, when you write for Gladfly, what, Gadfly, what's the one thing you're trying to figure out this week? 
I'm trying to figure out some of the losses, and I'm also trying to figure out how the big institutions are managing their allocations right now. How do you know the losses if you haven't taken the bond to bid and know? That's a great question. When you start seeing the bankruptcies, you'll have a better sense. Mm. I, um, well, the, the, as they say, the, the, the wind has shifted in the last five or six that's days. That's the issue. I, I mean, it just amazes me. Well, it doesn't amaze me. Markets being markets. The fact <clears> that <throat> there would be so much fear on so little information, I guess that's why there's so much fear. Um, you could have done Tom a favor, and you could have said that your goal this week is to figure out how the Red Sox are going to play in 2016. I'm, I've Be been. On time day. <laughs> I'm, I'm with Mets. I'm a Mets affiliated well, gal, so. They're going to win everything this year, at least they told me five times. Um, <laughs> B Fly, out on Twitter. Pay attention to Bloomberg Gadfly. There's always something where you go, I didn't know that. It's very cool. It is seriously 10, 12, 15 articles a day. You're not going to read them all. We get that. But you're going to find one or two that will Lisa's. change yeah. your dialogue through the day. Uh, Thursday's Lisa's day, so just you don't have to, you can ignore until Thursday. Lisa <laughs> Bramowitz is with Bloomberg Gadfly as well. Uh, a nice move, sixteen thousand five seventy-seven on the Dow, up one hundred eighty-five points. S and P up twenty-three points. The VIX, a positively average, twenty point one zero. This hour of surveillance brought to you by Volvo Cars White Plains. Visit VolvoCarsWhitePlains.com. Here's John Tucker with the latest news headlines. Well, Michael and Tom, an Afghan official says a suicide bomber targeting a police commander killed at least 13 people today, including nine civilians in a northern province, the Taliban, claiming responsibility. Senator Bernie Sanders, ahead of tomorrow's South Carolina primary campaigning in Greenville Sunday, got a big response from a crowd while talking about going after Wall Street. Sanders has two more shots, South Carolina and Super Tuesday, to level the playing field on the race for the Democratic presidential nomination. After his loss in Nevada Saturday, he's tied with Hillary Clinton for pledged delegates. But Clinton establishment party representatives are giving her hundreds of super delegates on top. A lawmaker is again considering a bill to raise the smoking age from 19 to 21 in New Jersey. An assembly committee there is scheduled to weigh in on the legislation. The bill would find retailers up to $1,000 if they sell to anybody 20 years old or younger. And Bill Cosby's wife will finally have to answer questions under oath today related to the sexual assault lawsuits against her husband. Camille Cosby has been fighting the deposition for months, setting spousal privilege. A judge has ruled that as her husband's business manager, Mrs. Cosby has more to share than pillow talk. And Global News 24 hours a day, powered by 2,400 journalists and more than 150 news bureaus around the world. I'm John Tucker. Michael and Tom. John, thanks so much. Gold South Oil up. Gold down $21. $12.09, make it $12.10 the ounce. West Texas up almost $2. Wow, $31. 58. From New York and worldwide, Bloomberg Surveillance. Bloomberg Surveillance brought to you by Bank of America. Merrill Lynch's global cash management solutions helping you manage, protect, and invest your global cash wherever the road to growth leads. That's the power of global connections. Bank of America, North America, member FDIC.